Hi, and welcome to episode 30 of the Insecurity Show. This week, we cover the iCloud breach. You can go to our website at in-security.org. Send us email to feedback at in-security.org or follow us on Twitter at Insecurity Show. My name is Matt. Are you even recording that? Yes. I'm recording all of this. Oh, I thought you had issues with the recording. No, button. I thought we had to use my recording. Well, for the before part. No, we need we need your stuff. I'm not capturing your audio, remember? Yeah, yeah. All of, all of my magic is working. All right, perfect. I've gathered it. Hi, and welcome to episode 30 of the Insecurity Show. Did you see what I did this there? This episode? No. Magic the Gathering? Oh, my God. <laughs> and go max matthew how are you doing buddy oh super fantastic super fantastic and how are you it's been so long it has been a while actually i almost forgot Uh, what you sound like i sound much like this Hmm. yep yeah right all flooding back yep yeah, I've been uh, away for like a month and then you were away before that and I was looking after kids and stuff like that. But everything's back. Everything's back to school and back to work and all of that jazz. Well, at least for me. We're all back to, well, no, I have this week off as well. I took an extra week off. Nice. I had it coming to me. I agree. Yeah. You work so hard, Jensen. You take the next week off. Me, me, me. It's all about me. Absolutely. Happy birthday. Thanks. I did have a happy birthday. It was happy. Cool. Not sure if you saw my tweet on that. Yes. Yes, I did. I noticed that you sent it out to the um, Twitterverse. Is that a thing? Yes. Yes. Look at you, Mr. In charge of our social media. Look at that. Right. And that's why we have such a commanding social media presence. Absolutely. Also, happy anniversary. What anniversary is this? Is this our one year anniversary of doing this show? It is indeed. That's not bad. There was a pilot episode a while back, but this is the first year that's actually real. Well, congratulations to you too. In other news, did you hear the one about the iPhone? Is this the uh, the big leak of photos that's happened recently? Yeah. That, yeah. I was just going to give a brief overview. There's a story that everybody's heard about about celebrity selfies taken in various stages of clothingness or whatnot that have been downloaded uh, through Apple's cloud backup service called iCloud. And, and then people have been distributing the images on the internet. That's at a very high level of the story. I read into this a little bit because I found it rather interesting. And essentially, one of the things that I came across, one of the stories that I came across was the whole thing appears to have been perpetrated by people that ended up posting it on 4chan. 4chan is where everything came out. And then as a result of this, later, people started telling the actual or people started telling versions of the story a big Part of the problem is that at this point, I no longer believe anything on the Internet because you can't. You're getting so many versions of every single story until it's actually proved or until something like solid comes out. um, One of the stories that I had heard was that there has been a celebrity trading ring on the dark web for years now. They basically trade 
um, compromising photos like baseball cards. And it was a small group of people that were doing this initially. And the only way anyone could get into this group was by presenting a new image that they had gotten themselves. Hmm. So this is where it starts getting down into the conspiracy theory. You touched on a couple interesting points. There's one that is the fact of the matter is people do trade in images of other people, right? It's been going on for a long time as far as like, you know, celebrity type sites where they take like pictures of movies of, you know, a clip, for example, right? And then they put that on a website where people would go to see celebrities and then they'll have mixed in a celebrity's head cut and pasted onto some... An adult actress. Right. Something like that, right? I mean, it's been going on for a while. And then on top of that, we heard from Edward Snowden that people in the NSA were actually looking up uh, captured images from people and and they were doing like you had said. They were sharing it like baseball cards. Hey, I got this image of somebody taking a naked selfie, right? And it wasn't celebrity at that point, but now I think we're at a point where it matches up and it's possible that a service like iCloud or any other automated automated image backing up service in the cloud could have been brute forced into revealing these details. So let me go into a little bit what that means. Brute force attack being the trying of different passwords over and over again until you get it right for a, a certain identity, right? So log, logging in to be able to see these images in the first place. Now, that is what apparently had happened to the iCloud service. iCloud supposedly protects access via two different instances of something that you know. And so one of them is like your password, your username and your password being one factor that you know. And then it'll prompt you for a secondary question as to, you know, your mother's maiden name or one of these standard questions that people often answer truthfully so that they can remember what they actually wrote down. And you can imagine a celebrity might have this information readily accessible. So a combination of perhaps an easy to guess password, and there are lists out there of the common passwords that are used, thanks to multiple breaches of of systems and correlation of these passwords people are using, right? And people form these dictionaries that they will then go and use to brute force accounts. And it sounds to me from the disclosure that Apple put out saying that it wasn't a back-end hack of the iCloud and it wasn't remote vulnerability in iPhones and it wasn't something else or another. It was definitely somebody, they saw the traffic from people doing brute force attempts against the iCloud service and Apple claims that people just didn't have strong enough passwords. So that might be true, right? But it is also kind of blaming the victim, which is not a great thing to do. What corporate environments and, and people in corporations might want to consider is if somebody does an incorrect password for a certain amount of times, that account should get locked out. You don't let people do infinite guesses on accounts if you're trying to protect their information, right? You have either a temporary lockout of that account where it backs off and it won't allow other guesses of that password, 
right? Or the it can be disabled or notification can go out to the person saying, hey, people are, are attempting to access your account. You know, these are options that are technically possible to implement. And that would be on Apple to actually go and implement those things. And 4chan being the website, 4chan.org, unlike what CNN posted as it being some sort of hacker alias or whatnot for somebody, which was rather amusing. It's basically a site where a bunch of people go to and... 4chan is an English language image board website. Users generally post anonymously. And the most recent post appearing above the rest, 4chan is split into various boards with their own specific content and guidelines. Registration is not required, nor is it possible, except for staff. Launched on October 1st of 2003, its boards were originally used for posting pictures and discussing manga and anime, and the site was modeled after the Japanese image boards. The site quickly became popular and expanded, through much of though much of 4chan's content still features otaku, anime, and other Japanese cultural influences. Uh, the site has been linked to internet subcultures and activism, most notably Project Chanology. 4chan users have been responsible for the formation or popularization of internet memes such as Lolcats, Rickroll, Chocolate Rain, Pedo Bear, and many others. The site's random board, also known as Slash B Slash, was the site's first forum and the one that receives the most traffic. As its name suggests, the random board has minimal rules on posted content. Gawker once jokingly claimed that reading Slash B will melt your brain. The site's anonymous community and culture have often provoked media attention for media planners this enterprise is further proof that creativity is everywhere and new media is less accessible to advertisement agencies that's just directly from the wikipedia page because i wanted to try and make sure that i got it at least as right as i could right so yeah uh it's in these various boards um but that is a very interesting point that it is essentially anonymous people um there is no registration. There's no way to identify exactly who posted something. Anybody can be posing as anybody on there. So it creates an interesting culture. And yeah, that have this photo sharing of, you know, celebrity photos. And these things tend to escalate and roll quickly. And my understanding is the initial point for actually saying that it was an iCloud thing was that there was a disclosure there was a tool that was published on Pastebin that uh, listed how to automatically try to log into accounts for iCloud. So people on 4chan allegedly used this tool to go and automatically download photos from iCloud from accounts that they were able to log into. And, and not just photos, there's apparently videos as well. So what else is interesting? One of the problems is blaming the victims and saying, well, you're stupid for having had this enabled, which backs up your contents, right? Because you're just asking for it. Or you're stupid for having a dumb password that people can guess, right? Those aren't really beneficial to anybody. We give you advice as to how to properly do a long password that's difficult to guess, putting lots of words together and then having like a 24 character password that people won't have in their random slew of guesses, most likely. But, you know, another issue is, you know, from another viewpoint, people are taking pictures of themselves naked with the phones and sending it out to other people, apparently. So that, that kind of behavior, you know, if you're sharing a nudie pic of yourself with somebody else, 
you know, what's to prevent that person from sending it on to somebody else still? I mean, it's a trust thing, I guess. It's a trust thing. I mean, it's a per, it's a privacy thing. It's a personal thing. The fact that what is it? California, I think now has made it illegal for websites to put out revenge porn. Again, I've learned so much in this last week. It's been so crazy. So revenge porn is essentially the same kind of thing from what I understand. You are with somebody, you're in an intimate relationship, you decide to, you know, film yourself doing it or whatever. And then as a result of that, um, you end up breaking up with that person and people have been selling these videos. Mm hmm. So uh, this is my understanding of it, of the the term revenge porn. So basically you're done with that person. They broke your heart. So you go and you try and make some money by selling them having uh, intercourse with you on the Internet. Right. And then this had to be outlawed. Someone actually had to step in and say, like, you know, guys, that's wrong. That's ridiculous that people are selling it is ridiculous. Like, I get that it's an intimate thing between two people. I can understand that you might want to, you know, um, snap a photo or uh, whatever you record it, video record it. But yeah, I guess my point is just that you're sharing something. It, there's no privacy between the two people. It's a digital copy. Uh, it's a digital image that can be infinitely copied. Right. And yeah. Just thinking about that beforehand, you know, Maybe just send a text and say, I will show you what I look like naked when we're together in an intimate situation or something. You know, I have two daughters and one is eight and one is five and they're too young for any of this right now. But eventually they'll be at an age where, you know, I'd imagine that there'd be some sort of pressure for this. And I'd hope that I'd be able to educate them and let them know to not take pictures of themselves naked and put it online you know, because there's no erasing that. Even though the people who had put up these photos on image hosting sites like Imager, right? Imager actually deleted the photos, but it doesn't matter because everybody had seen them and made copies of it and then posted it elsewhere. And now if you go to like the Pirate Bay, apparently there's a whole slew of them that you can download, right? It's once it's on the internet, it's there forever, And basically, once it's on your phone, it's only a step away from being on the Internet forever. Yeah. I hope that when my daughters are old enough, they don't ever feel the need to to take a naked picture of themselves and share it with somebody through any sort of pressure situation. And in fact, there's a really cool website out there called SendThisInstead.com. And you can actually go to that website and look. They've got an image gallery and there's an iPhone app and a uh, Android app and it's meant to reply to people who ask for naked images of yourself or a sex to send something else instead and it's got some pretty funny messages back to people it's a weird weird world and a weird time to be growing up um can you imagine like I've had Facebook for a while and uh, I read recently today actually someone uh, wrote a thing that they, they said, Oh, I just looked back through my Facebook posts over the years. And I was, I was that kid. I was everything that I now hate, except that you now have a digital record of it forever. 
because once it's on the internet, it's there forever. There was similar, but completely clean version of this same story. At one point, um, someone had a photo of Beyonce in mid concert. So she was running around on stage. She was jumping up and down. She was singing. She was in the middle of saying something. I have no idea what and made a, a, a funny face and mm-hmm. it was very unflattering. And then she attempted to try and have it taken down. She said, I would like this photo to be removed off the Internet and tried to go the legal route, which is merely going to incense trolls. So that photo keeps making the rounds. People keep saying things to the effect of remember when Beyonce had this removed from the internet. Right. It's, it's become a meme and there's a term for it, which is called the Streisand effect because Barbara Streisand had something similar. Oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah. She tried to get something censored off of the internet and because whatever goes on the internet is there forever. Yeah. That's the name for it. And then actively trying to fight it just makes it worse because of the nature of people hiding under the veil of anonymity. Yeah. So this app, uh, share this instead has some pretty funny lines that go back. uh, That is an image that you send back to somebody and they excitedly open it up and it's got text in there. One's like a black image with little text bubbles saying too dark. One says uh, nudes are so 2008. I'm into a new thing where I share pics of me with 10 more layers of clothes. It's called Eskimoing. <laughs> you know, it's just clever, clever stuff. So uh, another story uh, in terms of pictures going on to the Internet is uh, have you hold, heard about this whole Ukraine thing? Um, yes. <laughs> so Russia essentially invading Ukraine. Yeah. But Russia denying it. Right. So there was uh, an interesting post again selfies of a russian soldier taking a selfie and uploading it to his blog but there's a thing with smartphones where you can actually geotag the photo so it's got your location information in the photo itself and somebody can see the properties of that and sure enough this russian soldier was over a mile into the ukrainian border right interesting and people saw that and commented on it and of course he ignored the comments on that but yeah i think that that's uh when my wife first started taking photos with her smartphone back in the day posting pictures of you know our house our child and all that stuff that wonderful social media crazed mothers do i saw that there was the, the geolocation data was in there and I informed her on it. And so she disabled that. And yes, it's called EXIF data. The information tagged into an actual photograph. Right. So EXIF data is very useful for a bunch of different things, but it contains a lot of the metadata for the photo itself being the data that describes the data. So it's got things like uh, the exposure rate, the F stops, all that stuff. But it's kind of like... HTML where you can just add stuff into it. You can cram it in like XML, like HTML5, like stuff like that, where it's extensible, right? You can add more types of tags. So over the years, people have created standardized stuff such as GPS locations with being stored within XF data. Right. 
So there's an option to not associate locations with photos taken on pretty much every smartphone that I know of. I mean, sometimes you want it on, right? Sometimes you want to take a picture of a place and have it tagged so you can have that location data there as well. Right. So now I kind of want to go back and sort of revisit or continue on that vein that you had. The onus shouldn't be on these people to have to turn off things. The onus should always be on the people to turn on things, in my opinion. I shouldn't have to go in and automatically stop it from backing up my data to iCloud. I shouldn't have to go in and stop it. Like I shouldn't have to turn off privacy settings. I should have to turn them on. Agreed. Agreed. So as far as the iCloud goes, and I don't actually use a Mac, this is just from hearsay of what I've heard everybody else say, is it is actually disabled by default, but it pesters you to turn it on. Right. So eventually people will probably cave and just turn on the feature to back up their photos to iCloud. Android certainly comes as soon as you install it saying, would you like to back up your photos to Google Drive? It used to actually ask you if you wanted to back up your contents to Google Drive, and now it just does. And and certainly a couple of the applications you go through, you know, it'll prompt you again. So at Google Plus, it'll prompt you. So there's multiple layers, right? So you'll have a layer that says, okay, I don't want to geotag my photos that I take with my camera. And then in Google Plus itself, you know, when you go to post a photo, it'll say, hey, do you want this location tagged? Because it's like a different type of application that's now able to insert location data into a post that you made. Right. So, okay. So then in that case, they are in fact told to turn it on, but i I really don't think that there's any sort of clarity or maybe transparency. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like. I I definitely agree with you. And if anything, we look at Facebook and they're constantly changing privacy policy, right? They've actually in the past turned on stuff. People have stopped, have explicitly gone to stop sharing. Now, I'm sure Facebook's gotten better at that from the backlash that they got, but You know, at the end of the day, it's a configuration change that an organization can make that suddenly exposes your personal information out there. Right. And just by nature of it being really clear, like even that, I don't know, I have no idea. I don't know how to resolve it. The whole problem is that if you're using a free service, you get what you pay for. There's a reason that they're doing this service and they're in it to make money and they're in it to try and drive more eyeballs to their website and their like Google plus automatically gives you the option to, or will automatically upload all of your photos to it in hopes that you'll start using Google plus more. But that information is not information that you necessarily want to share. And like the terms and conditions more often than not, If someone's in the middle of trying to do something, they're just going to agree to whatever it is that gets the little screens out of their face. Like your option is say yes or say no. And you've just spent, you know, a bunch of money on a piece of software that you can't use. So everyone just says yes. No one bothers to read through it. And this is by no means absolving the end user for not doing their due diligence. 
I've worked for a variety of different companies where you have to sign service agreements. You have to, you know, agree to terms and conditions. And when it comes time to actually bring that up to the end user, that just gets really complex because they're like, well, I'm not supposed to read that. No one expects me to read that. No one expects me to actually agree to the thing that I'm agreeing to. It's funny how far we've come, isn't it? Yeah. Look back at when we first started using the internet. Remember privacy policies on websites? Oh, yeah. Especially ones that needed you to provide your email address. You know, that was like, people read that. It was short and concise, and it told you what you could expect people to do with the information. And it was trustworthy, right? You knew that... You know, Yahoo was going to use your information for marketing purposes and email you stuff. And you were okay with that because you signed up for the service and you read that, right? Now EULA's and the lawyerese that's put into them, EULA being the end user license agreement, if somebody doesn't happen to know what that is, you know, it, it'll, it just slays you. You can't read it. It's so much legalese. It's not even English anymore. And then there's multiple pages of that. And then buried within that, like on the, you know, 32nd page of 42, there's a clause saying that we withhold the right to, at one point in time, disseminate information about you to our clients, our, our customers for, you know, advertising purposes or future campaigns. And it's just, it's so vague that it's just essentially, yeah, your information has belonged to us. Yeah, there's always... Um, there's always a backlash every time any kind of change happens to things like, you know, Facebook and things like iCloud, where because they have to remain so vague in order to not end up shooting themselves in the foot if, in a future release, then they have clauses that can easily be interpreted as if you upload a photo then that photo now belongs to us and we can literally use your, your photography for advertising. No, that actually happened. I'm just being um, a little conscientious that we've gone into full old cranky mode. <laughs> In my day. Yeah, that's my fault. The awareness just isn't there anymore. A new service comes out. People all jump on the bandwagon because they heard about it because it was awesome. So then they tried it out. But you know, to get on the bandwagon as quick as possible, you got to say yes to whatever it is they're asking. And who cares what they're asking? Well, how, how bad could it be? Right. This harkens back to the early days of uh, uh, when we were working a computer store and I was building my website for the first time, some random website. For fun, clearly, you know that both Mia and Audrey technically belong to me because you continued to use my website even after I put a clause in there saying that not only your firstborn, but your secondborn was it was all in the privacy policy in the terms of service, the terms of use that I had put onto the website because, you know, I essentially just copied it directly from someone else and then just started messing around with it because it was just so dumb and foreign to me that to be able to look at what amounted to at the time little more than an online brochure you then have right. to agree by virtue of using or looking at an online brochure you have to agree to these terms and conditions 
So I just started putting silly things in there and like other places have done this as well. Um, They do it as a joke, but these big guys end up using it as a legal shield, which means that any of these people could technically be making claims on the ridiculous things that they're doing as well. It's so weird. It is. It is. Tying this back to the actual disclosure of images, are there lessons learned here? Gosh, no. So the ones that I can quickly see is complex passwords at all times. Actually, more difficult is that when prompted for things like mother maiden names, you probably should not use the information that's being prompted, but have some sort of system to come up with, you know, random guck instead. One that I stole directly from Leo Laporte. Anytime you're asked for these various security questions, because the various security questions are easily obtainable at this point through trickery and through social engineering. Um, If you actually wanted to be more secure, then don't use their security questions. Take whatever question they have, have, you know, uh, a list of one or uh, one, maybe three sub passwords, just idiotic phrases that you can put in there. You know, like, oh, my mother's maiden name is pizza. And my so you got pizza, beer and football. So your first question is always going to be pizza. The second question is always going to be beer. And the third one's always going to be football, like whatever you want it to be. Right. So your mother's maiden name is always going to be pizza. The school that you went to as a kid was beer. And then your favorite or your 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 first pet was named football. Whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. Yep. One slight problem with that is that. With all of these breaches that have happened, uh, a lot of companies will encrypt the password so that people don't steal the passwords when they do SQL injection on the database and dump all of the contents of the database. But those personal verification questions are very rarely encrypted as well. Mm. So if you always use pizza, beer, and football, chances are people can actually recover your password through this poor practice. Uh, from other sites. So you might want to have something that ties it back into that site if you're going to use some sort of algorithm like that or mix it up and write it down. You know, we're we're getting to a point where it's actually less risky to write down a very hard to remember password in someplace safe than actually, you know, using something easier or something that's repeatable that can get hacked. Right. Weird. Interesting times. Yeah. All right. So what else? What else could we learn from this? Uh, Whatever you put on the Internet is on the Internet forever. If you give somebody uh, something that's a digital file, a video or a picture and you want to keep it from being easily shared, encrypted, I don't know. Even that, if there is literally any one way to do that successfully, then, you know, DRM wouldn't have failed. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good point. Video game companies wouldn't have all of their constant battles against pirates. Yeah, no, excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, So maybe just don't. Yeah, that would be my suggestion. Um, Abstinence is the best, the best policy. Or, you know, boudoir photos being physical. I have nothing against boudoir photos being sent to me, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. You can send them to feedback at in-security.org. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
instead just uh you know go with some stirring fan fiction mm-hmm. if someone's loins need to get frothy use some stirring fan fiction it can be over a wookie yeah or you know whatever whatever votes your goat yes all right significantly beaten to death perhaps maybe if you um uh, uh, don't worry we'll tighten it up in post a few extra pads explored than were to be talked about but whatever it is what it is i've enjoyed this wonderful time with you matthew and congratulations on a year's worth of podcasting at thanks this point. you too buddy this took us into a really weird and dark sort of place for morality and mankind and i just don't even know where to start pointing fingers well, Hopefully. I don't think it's our job to point fingers. It's it's our job to help educate people to not, uh, you know, don't put it out there in the first place. Susceptible. Yep. Maybe. Or it, do you have to, you know, maybe take some stronger precautions as far as accessing your account from anywhere on the Internet. And, you know, if you are responsible for a service that's out there on the Internet, let people lock out the account or whatever. Clarity. Just thoughts. Just just as much clarity as you can. Those are good closing thoughts, I think. I'll tell you what, this is a weird, weird week. Um, very insightful and very interesting from a security standpoint. You know, everyone can end up strengthening their practices that much more. But who knows hmm. what's going to happen? Who knows, man? Yep. This is the story that I thought there was enough details to actually talk about this week. There's a whole other very large breach that I didn't want to talk about this week because... I don't think there's enough details available right now. Teaser. Was it the breach of the Ukraine? Because <laughs> the Ukraine was a little bit breached and you did touch on that. <laughs> um, yeah. Moving. Probably cut always that. too soon. Cut that. We'll cut that. We'll just <laughs> oh, cut that right. Funny. Out. Just leave that. All right. Fine. Oh man. I'm done. This is exhausting. I'm, yes. I'm, I agree. I'm tired of feeling ashamed for all of mankind. Uh, all right. I'll tell you what. You try and have yourself a good week. I will try to have myself a good week, but I would wish upon you nothing but a better week. Oh, one up. Up week. I got up week. Up week. All right. Have a good one. You too, Becky.